Oh, oh, you figured it out? Yeah, I think all I did was add a fucking photo. That was it. Oh, sweet. Well, I'm Lexington. And I'm Delta. What's the name of this podcast again? I thought it was the... What was it? Limbo Risk? Or what was it? Whoa. All right, so I figured out how to get this thing working. So, how's that? So, I had to basically add you as a friend, find your station, favorite you, and then when I hit record, it goes, who do you want to add? And then you were there for Lexington, and then after that, um, it just went straight to it. Because the phone number method is like an invite to use the app, so it kept going to your messages, but it when you're actually on the system, I can just go straight to you now. I think we'll be good. Cool. Yeah, now we got a podcast. Now we got a podcast. Fuck yeah. Yeah, hey, Fuck well, yeah. welcome to the Liberal Risk Podcast. Hi, I'm Delta. Well, I'm Lexington. It is, uh, let's see, it's Thanksgiving Day on this beautiful January 2017. How's your day going? It's like January? Oh, fuck, I'm terrible at this. No, n- November. Fuck, yeah, you are. Holy <laughs> crap. All right, so, fucking, yeah. Um, it's November, whatever date it is. I'm fucking sitting here in a chair, lean back with a can of open ravioli next to me that I need to finish. Um, and, Damn, uh, yeah, I had a lot of interesting topics to talk about. Yes. Through day and night. Oh man. I don't know where to start. Um, we well, built another AR 47. Well, and, you know, maybe you should go in detail about the AR 47. Like what is it? Where did it come from? The concept and all that and jazz. Oh, okay. Well, uh, let me plug my phone in so that I can chat about this without having to kill my uh, kill my power. I need the power to be able to talk about this shit. All right, let me see if I where I can lean this fucking phone up to. Ah, here, this is perfect. You can still hear me, right? Yep. Cool. All right, so I'm gonna put my phone down here on the counter and I'm gonna lean it up against this can soup. And I'm gonna talk. All right, so. Uh, I guess uh, we could always edit this uh, for more brevity, but let's talk about uh, let's talk about AR-47s. So the AR-47, where did this come from? How did this come to being? Or why do I push it so hard and so on and so forth? All right, well, a lot of it has to do with um, – a lot has to do with stuff I legitimately have seen, and also a lot of it has to do with – uh, performance downrange. Now, I'm not going to get into, like, you know, the uh, obvious stated facts, which is, like, it's a bigger bullet. Yeah, I understand that. 
Um, you know, your enemy has been using it for a while. I understand that too. Ammo's cheap. I understand that also. But let's talk about fewer, pure range performance, right? Which is this. Ballistically, when we're talking about, you know, exterior ballistics, the AR-47 and the 760x39 round is pretty much on par with 5.56. I know a lot of other people are going to go, no, nah, that's not true, Herbert Dirt. Yeah, 5.56. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the drop might be slightly, quote-unquote, different, but there's no ballistic drop compensator that is actually accurate with any round. Um, you can go out and test this yourself in real field conditions. Um, if you're going after, like, large area targets, like entire, you know, chest like plates when i mean chest plates i mean like fucking uspsa targets um then yeah if you're going after entire silhouettes then that's true you there is no difference i mean there is a difference or whatever how, how do i put that um your bdc will work with your 556 five, and all this other hot trash when you take it on to smaller percentage targets, you're going to see that 5.56 and 7.62.39 are almost interchangeable between the two of each other. So when you start compressing down the target metric and then you start adding in variables that most people don't like to shoot it, which is wind, distance, um, different barometric pressures, you're going to see 7.62.39 react the same as most of your common 5.56 rounds. Now, mind you, this is different if you have to consider like match grade rounds like ELDs for some reason or like fucking when I say ELDs, extreme long distance rounds like 80 grains um, 80 grains here, Match King, 77 grain Mark 262, Mod 1s, Mod zeros, stuff like that. Yeah, sure, those are outliers, they have higher BCs but you know um, at that point it's like putting a turbo on a Prius um, Exactly. Right, so when we're talking about like interchangeability of like parts or if you will, like just being able to use a regular rifle that you have trained with and seen this entire time. But with a larger caliber round, you get all the benefits if you were to look at it this way of a 300 blackout, but without the costs. And on top of that too, you have a round that you can legitimately look up military data on drop charts, uh, terminal ballistics research. Uh, geez. We'll see. Real, real downrange, like fucking reports of what this does. Yeah, and you'll see why, like this round is like a match made in heaven with the AR-15. But go ahead. We'll see, Lexington. Well, I've had an AR-47 now for I think about two years now. What I think is what makes that rifle like priceless is literally you take the modularity from an AR-15, whatever you want. But you take the hitting power of that 7.62 by 3.9 and you mate them together and you make a bastard child. And people don't believe it works. And they say, oh, it doesn't go that long range. It's a little drop to three, 400 yards, which is all bullshit because just, what, a couple weeks ago, we took mine out to what, six, no, wait, 500 yards easy. We've taken it to 700 before. Um, it was uh, the end of uh, Shrek's range uh, where we were shooting at. It went to six. Yeah, we took it to six. We took it to six. Oh. We've taken it to 800 with, um, with like, good quality ammo, um, like, down south um, to 800. And you were hitting with boring regularity. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the AR-47 is, like, um, 
it's like porn kids. No one wants to talk about it, but it happens. Like it, it, it I mean, it's it's what the industry porn doesn't want. Porn kids happen, really? Yeah, you didn't know that, dude. Porn kids happen. Wait, 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 wait. Explain this to me. This is an important topic here. Dude, you didn't know? Okay, so like back in the day, um, there's okay. So Chuck Palahniuk, the guy who wrote Fight Club, wrote a book called Snuff, and he wrote Snuff is basically about uh, a lady who's doing a hundred man gangbang and she's breaking history. And he did a lot of research and interesting, very weird book, but back on topic. Back in the day, porn stars used to have kids. So, like, the girls would have a kid and they would either, you know, give it up for adoption or abort it. But, yeah, they used to have kids. And uh, they didn't really know who the fathers were because, obviously, you're getting fucked every day. So, that is something the porn industry won't come out and say, yeah, this happens, and I feel like that's what the AR-47 is. The industry wants you to run 300 Blackout, or they want you to run a pistol carbine or something retarded, because why would they make a rifle that's very accurate and it works well, and you can get a thousand rounds of it for a hundred dollars cheaper than 5.56? And it's because the margins gun. aren't there. Yeah, so and, and, and one of the big things about this podcast I think is going to come out is, you know, for the listeners, the industry is constantly trying to fuck you. Everything you hear and see, it's, it's wrong. And if you go do your own testing, you know, you don't have to believe us. If you go out and do your testing, you'll see they're trying to fuck you. But that was just my little two cents. Yeah, porn kids, they do exist. You can look it up. Yeah, well, these Air 47s, I'm looking at three of them right now. They're porn kids, and all three of these are going to run like switch watches and uh, they'll shoot lights out. Um, well, yeah, so Air 47, how did it come to be? Well, ballistically, seeing what the round does downrange, um, seeing the interchangeability between that and 5.56, five, what I mean by that is we, we both get bucked by the wind the same. And at least that's been my experiences with it. And they both almost have the same drop. Uh, at certain distances, like, you know, of course, past 300, it may drop a little, like, more, quote-unquote. Um, but at those distances, like, you have all this distance to figure it out, quote. And again, quote-unquote. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but at 400 yards, it's dropping, like, 60 inches. Cool. Can you tell the difference of 60 inches at 400 yards? Like, with the naked eye? No, it's like... No, you can't. No. Like, it, so, eat a dick. Like, seriously. Like, when, when people come up with, like, these fucking crazy figures, like, well, it's 6.5 Creedmoor at 1,000 yards uh, with match ammo. It's like a thousand... It's like a, um, a thousand... Uh, what was it called? It's a mil... Oh, I almost said a thousand. It's a mil <laughs> less of drop than 308. Yeah... I mean, but it's like okay, you have you've saved yourself a mill. Congratulations. Yeah. Like, what is a mill difference at uh, a thousand yards? It's now, mind you, of course, it's like um, you know, it's three feet. No, I'm sorry. It's not three feet. I think it's three hundred sixty feet. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> no, it is three feet. Yeah, it's three feet. So you have three feet of fucking. Um, yeah, I had a brain fart. You have three feet of fucking like difference. Cool. Mm-hmm. You bought yourself three feet with a longer, a long ass barrel and like fucking, um, like a round that you can't readily supply, and also that has high pressure issues left and right. Well, and that's that's the big thing too for me is when I go 
when I went and bought my firearms is a magical word that people don't like to think of is logistics. It's like, cool, you know, 6.5 Grendel, 6.5 Creedmoor, all these weird funky rounds that perform really well. But the problem is I want to bulk up on that shit. I want to have thousands of rounds or be able to go buy a thousand rounds at a moment's notice. And you can't do that with 300 Blackout yet. You can't do that with this 6.8 and all whatever, whatever all this weird shit is nowadays. But my whole thing is if you get around this and backed by a military or the military itself, you're probably going to be able to get surplus of it. I mean, I've been shooting, I got fucking Yugoslavian AK ammo from like the fifties. I was running the other week, ran like a champ. That fucking ammo is older than my dad almost now. It runs as long as it's sealed, you don't get it wet. You're good. And I will say the Russians are really good at storing ammo. They're really good at storing ammo. Yeah, I mean, most of their ammunition that they create is based on, um, you know, having to supply insurgencies that would fall or governments that would fail, capitalism would spring up. And uh, they figured that their insurgents were going to have to be able to have ammunition that was reliable for decades. That's crazy when you think about it, the amount of investment that they had in a fucked up ideology, which was communism. But hey, you're seeing it play out to today, so maybe they weren't so crazy, quote unquote. Yeah, no shit, man. Yeah, well, AR-47s, first time I ever saw one, uh, I didn't even know these things existed until 2014. I ran into uh, a cat by the name of John McPhee, who uh, I still like train with and uh, collaborate with to this day. I mean, collaborate. I mean, like, fucking <laughs> bug the fuck out of <laughs> or, uh, practical advice and fucking um, uh, getting the what for why is. And, that guy has a plethora of knowledge, though. Like, yeah, that, nigga, yeah that, <laughs> absolutely, that absolutely does. And even though that I was, quote, unquote, like, top shot in our carbine class that I was taking with him, um... The funky thing was he was out shooting me with a rifle that was chambered in 760 by 39. I had never seen that before. And I had to know immediately on the spot what that rifle was. And then from that point on, I got bit by the bug and I started doing my own research. And when I tried to put my first one together, it couldn't run worth a shit. And after doing all of like the freaking bad moves that you can do with trying to save a shitty build. Yeah. I finally got pissed off and I started contacting other people around the industry and I started getting their input. And uh, what I started realizing was that these guys had no fucking clue what they were doing. This is true. I, and with any build, if you don't use quality parts, you try to cheap it like, Oh, I'll just buy this. It's going to fuck up on you. Again, or if there are no quality parts, you make it yourself. That's true as well. And that's what I ended up doing. So I ended up with a one of I ended up with a one of a kind barrel that a manufacturer wanted to get rid of because they had a they were going out of business, they had a failed line of AR forty sevens, but they supposedly had really accurate barrel blanks. So I got one and when it would run it shot extremely or at least for what I thought at the time was extremely accurate, which was like an inch and a half group at a hundred yards, and I was like, Oh wow, this is great. Holy crap. So I tried to get it to run, and 
all the biases that I was reading online about how to make these things run, it didn't work out and wasn't true. So what I ended up having to do was I had to backwards uh, problem solve uh, this issue, which was why was the brass, even with like a really good bolt, getting or what was it? It's not even brass at that point. It's when I say brass, that's I, that steel case, mean, yo. I don't mean actually brass, brass. I actually mean like the casing. But in this case, it's not brass; it's steel case. <laughs> steel case. I'm, like, I'm gonna correct myself. Hold on a second. Hey, experiment. This is an AR-15. This is an AR-47. Everything as <laughs> you could possibly think of. Like bargain bin, like 21 cents around, 760 by 39, 123 grain pills. Um, a lot of times, hollow points, which are murderous on feed ramps. Oh, so, God, I have a story about that, too. Yeah, I was there for that. Um, <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, I was like, this is a great time for you to change your ammo, but you know what? At least uh, I get to redo your feed ramps. So, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I had this really uh, supposedly accurate barrel. Um, and then after doing my own uh, initial testing, talking to other people around, it turned out that nobody knew what the fuck they were doing. So I had to backwards engineer how to get this thing to stop double feeding. Uh, and I started looking into notes I took back in the day, um, started talking to uh, really, really, really prolific rifle builders that are kind of like, I wouldn't say secret, but they're kind of a, a who's who. And if you've been in the industry for a while, you know these rifle builders, especially there's one out in California that um, is pretty pre- uh, prevalent and a lot of his stuff is published. And um, I talked to him about it and he gave me, a, he gave me several good ideas. One of his one of the ideas that uh, we, him and I talked to about, he thought it was horrible and not to do it, and I told him let's do it anyway, and it turned out I was right, which was at least in a carbine sixteen inch long barrel, carbine length gas sixteen inch long barrel. These things are wonderfully overgassed. The pressure curves are completely different in five five six, so. I ended up tweaking and modifying that without giving away my own trade secrets. And plus I started taking um, material off of certain areas of the barrel and that thing now shoots lights out on average. It prints about 0.6 MOA at a hundred. And it's now my partner's rifle. And um, he is so used to that level of accuracy whenever he grabs another rifle and shoots it, and it prints like normally, like you know, a good AR-15 barrel. According to AR stan- or uh, industry standards, they will say that two inches is a damn good uh, group, and that an AR-15 is a four MOA gun. Well, you know what else is a four MOA gun? A fucking AK with open sights. Um, <laughs> so whenever someone else hands him their rifle and he shoots it in the prone, he gets really pissed off when it's not a sub-inch group with like regular range ammo. So That's it kind of ruined him on that aspect, um, being bougie and shit. But but that's one of the greatest things about the AR-47 as well is that you can get such a good group at 100 with, like, ammo. or You know, I've literally walked in a store and bought some wolf, and a guy's like, oh, you don't want to get that? That stuff don't run right. And then we've shot fucking under an inch with it. You know, it's it's always, oh, you don't do this. There's There's always this, like, you know – these sacred cows, I guess you'd call them, or people have these ideologies with certain things like steel case ammo isn't accurate, doesn't work. But then when you actually go to test it, you find out that this is completely false. So that was just 
court uh, piggybacking on your, you know, your four MOA AR-15 standard to like, so I think accuracy is a whole different topic. We can go into another episode, but you were saying Lexington. Yeah. AR-47s, they're quite lit. Um, you could train with them up close on steel. When I mean up close, like 15 yards and out without worrying about dimpling because the, uh, the velocities are at that happy point where it's not going to completely fuck your steel up. Now, of course, if your welds aren't good, like you got small steel targets, um, you'll blow that shit right off because of the, the energy transfer, but it's not going to dimple your steel as uh, traumatically as five, five, six is now a lot of guys are like, well, that just kind of shows you that five, five, six is going to do this and that to the target her. <laughs> and, and then I would go like, you're right. I've seen five, five, six do wonders. Uh, I've also seen it fail. Uh, and at the end of the day, there's no such thing as stopping power. That's a myth. Um, but I would rather take a larger, uh, easier percentage shot with a larger round than a smaller round and having that same, like, if you will, engagement window. What I mean by that is that, think of it this way. Uh, say you have open targets at 400 yards. Either they're retreating or they don't know you're there. Or they're in movement and you have a very small engagement window. You're talking like five seconds exposure, right? At 400 yards. Yeah. So you realistically, for most trained individuals, and I do mean like most people, some people can get two or three shots off and hit all three or two shots. Uh, most people will get one. So, and that's trained individuals. Most people can't even take that shot and hit. So at 400 yards, you drop into a vital zone. You have to ask yourself this question because either yourself or the assault force is going to end up having to run into this at some point or as a hunter. And, and let me backtrack away. When I mean assault force, I'm talking about from a military's perspective. So if you were from a hunting perspective, this still applies, whether it's four-legged like game or two-legged pests. But when you have a, a small exposure window and you are pretty much going to get one shot and – if you don't hit them in the vital zone to drop them, snap that spinal cord in half and watch them fall to the ground uh, like a rag doll, and you're more than likely, because of either skill set, wind, or misrepresentation like, of range, you end up not hitting the vitals. Now you have a wounding shot. Which would you rather wound with? A 22 size hole or a 30 caliber size hole? How much more is someone going to bleed out? from a smaller wound or a larger wound? Well, I mean, there's been reports. I, I think it was his soldier systems where they had the Green Beret, and he was talking about he was zipping those guys with 5.56, five, and he's like, I know I'm fucking hitting them. I'm dumping, like, a whole mag on these guys. And then all of a sudden, like, he lives or he keeps fighting. And I think another thing about the AR-47 when it comes to that round is that's a lot of the kinetic energy behind that round as well. I mean, I don't have, like, the exact data, but, I mean, you're probably going to crush more bone vitals and do more tissue damage with that 30 cal than you would with that 22. I mean, that's just size is, size is be better in this point. Right. The temporary wound cavity on um, 5.56 five, is more traumatic. The permanent wound cavity, and, again, we're talking on the realm of full metal jackets, uh, not hollow points. Um, and if you can get your hands on hollow points, like a certain type of rounds in 7.62 by 
like the 8M3 effect bullets, those things are traumatic and they're devastating. The, the temporary the temporary wound cavities are, again, there's the word temporary. Permanent wound cavities, on the other hand, and that's the only thing you can really count on when it comes to, uh, you know, hitting things. The permanent wound cavity on 308 will be larger, quote-unquote. And I mean 308, again, 760 by 39. So 760 by 39, it will be larger. It will be more traumatic. If you ever will look at videos and, say, photos of gunfights down in cartel land, you're going to see some twacky stuff, especially flanking shots. 7.6 by 3.9, if you take a flanking shot, when that bullet hits, especially within 200 yards, and that fucking nose goes into the target and starts bending, the exit wound is disgustingly large. We'll see. And then another thing uh, in that aspect is when you're shooting an AR-47 and you're talking about cartel land, they're shooting people with AKs. The AR-47 has a tighter uh, chamber and twist rate, am I not mistaken, than an AK? So you're... Yeah, generally it depends on like uh, the manufacturer you go with. I've seen some... Uh, I have seen some companies out there, man, I'll tell you what, that you can legitimately grab your upper receiver and shake it back and forth. You can hear the round jingling in there, <laughs> radical firearms. Um, <laughs> I just fixed one not too long ago for a client. Oh, really? Yeah, but um, you're right about uh, that statement you were making earlier. Uh, AR-15s generally have tighter chambers than AKs. And because of the twist rates, because of the tighter chambers, because of all these other harmonics that are going on inside of the upper, you generally not only get an accuracy boost, you also get a velocity boost. So you take those. Oh yeah, the velocity. Yeah, like uh, I've chronoed. uh, You know, like your your gun, for instance, we've chronoed, and it has a shorter barrel than like you know your typical sixteen inch. Uh, Not by much, but it's enough to make the system run very well. And I remember chronoing it, and it was actually, even with an inch and a half shorter than an AK, it was 35 feet per second faster. Now, if you, had, if you were using a full 16-inch, you could almost gain another – you could almost gain a full 100 over an AK. Yeah. Which that – all that does is give you extra range, quote-unquote. I mean, and for me, the – you know – there was a time where I was like, oh, I should get an AK, you know, because you hear people like, oh, you should know this weapon, your enemy's weapon, da da Oh, but the, man. But the thing about the fucking AK I can't stand is you can't do anything to it. I mean, nope. I, if, you can't put you, – if you want to put an optic on it, you have this weird-ass cheek weld that you have to get, you know. You can't it, – it's just a pain in the ass to run. It's not really – I mean, and then the other thing is, too – I don't really think there's an industry standard on tolerance and things with these AKs. I think no, there's so many different ones. I mean, you have like my like, you know, like Yugos, yeah, Brooks. You got Wassers. You got American style AKs. I mean, you got there's so many different variants of the AK. Like you can't standardize it. Yeah. And on top of that, too, and this is coming from a guy that had ran an AK for a while, has run into AKs, have been shot at by AKs. They're fucking not what you think they are. Everyone has this, like, fetish about them because they watch the History Channel. 
Well, <laughs> instead of watching the History Channel, go out and live some history, and you're going to realize that these things aren't what you think they are. I mean, hell, half the time you can't even, like, especially if you fall into one overseas, you can't even carry around in the chamber. You don't know when that fucking gun is going to go on, like, on a runaway. Like, you don't know when the fucking trigger is going to break or the disconnector is going to break and the thing is a runaway fucking gun. So Beirut safety all day long where you have to fucking have an empty chamber and a loaded mag with the safety off because you don't know how old these fucking things are. And on top of that, like domestic market here in America, man, for you to make an AK do what an AR-15 does, you're going to add at least four pounds of shit. Yeah. Rifle. It's like, what the fuck? And then the price point at that point, I mean, to, I'm, you know, I've done a little research, and I think to get a decent AK, I mean, you, people see these three, four hundred dollar AKs, but to get one that runs reliably, decent, and accurate, you're probably in the nine hundred to twelve hundred dollar range. I'm gonna say, just throw it out there. Yeah, and a lot of times, even with like you know, with AKs, the cheaper the better because they all they all suck the same amount of shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I get like, you know, I I get guys who are like, why did you just shoot AK? Because I I've shot AKs quite extensively. They they are not fun. Um, they are pretty much. I mean, the only cool practical thing about it is if and that's if you go with a real the shortest barrel possible with an AK is that you can side fold it and still shoot the dang thing, so you can use it in vehicle operations if need be. Draco, like, or in low pro situations, quote unquote, low profile. However, ARs are getting shorter and shorter, and they now have their own side folding systems, which I've been using and you've been using now for quite a while. And um, this is starting to catch on with the rest of the firearms industry. But, you know, AR-15s, I mean, hell, there's a five and a half inch barrel out there now that I'm going to end up getting and trying out because of my other job. But, like, you're not gaining anything with those short AKs. And on top of that too, they're, <laughs> they're kind of antique pieces of shit. I mean, that's, the <laughs> it's no. a weapon of our enemy as a target indicator. And on top of that too, you now have the same capability of a dude that has like iron sights on his fucking mini 30 or his M1 carbine. Yeah. You can't identify out at distance. You can't spot your own rounds. You are now confined to eyesight engagements. Anybody that has modern optics, even a Neotech or an Aimpoint, will outshoot you just based on pure fucking interface. Yeah, and then the other thing with the AK is, I mean, and I think we talked about this a little bit, is mounting solutions. How the fuck do you even mount an Eotech on an AK or oh, Aimpoint? Geez, there's not even any good. There's like two good mounts on the market um, that bolt directly on – there's uh, one good mount that I know of that you have to mount that on the side of the receiver and then put another mount on top of that uh, for a cantilever uh, style Picatinny rail. And then you need to put a mount on top of that. So you have mounts on mounts on mounts. Yeah. As whereas an AR platform, it's right there. I mean, it's right there on the receiver. You can put whatever you want. You can put an EOTech, Aimpoint, um, you know, Barbro, Geisley, you know, whatever rings, scope mount, whatever you want, it's the options are limitless. You know, the, the AR is like a Lego. And I think that's one of the reasons why the AR-47 shines because basically we're dropping all that dumb shit from that archaic, rustic, communist weapon. And all and we're, we're keeping is the round. The fucking round. <laughs> we're keeping the best part 
and we're and we're putting it together on like you know we're basically you know you're you're taking a round that's from the you're taking something that's been devastating since like World War II, but you're putting it in a new space gun. That's all you're doing, and you're you're making like the two points in history of like modern technology and old technology. You made it together, and that's the AR-47. You know, and in the like, there's so many rounds available for that rifle. I mean, all the animals you got the tiger, the wolf, the bear. You know, you can get soft point, hollow point, full metal jacket, and it's cheap. I mean, you go to Walmart and just stock up usually, or you know, any one of these uh, gun shows or online distributors, you can get really good ammo for it. But then I, I would say, add on to that, the only magazine I trust with the AR-47 would be the C products right now. They run reliably. Um, they work. And that is, I would say, one of the drawbacks is you have to make sure you have a really good magazine. Because you can't go pick these magazines up at a store like you would at AR-15. You have to stock up on them and make sure you have reliable ones. Right. That's uh, probably the uh, – that is probably the only thing that hitches it up. Um, I've done extensive testing on those magazines years ago, and um, I did a white – I think I did a – yeah, it's uh, called a white paper on it. It's floating around somewhere. But um, I tested every single AR-47 mag in existence. And it goes in this order from shit to best. Ace SC, which if you ever have an ASC mag, you light that shit on fire. Uh, <laughs> or you give it to somebody you hate. And then you have ProMag. ProMag originally was the only magazine that worked in the AR-47 back in the day. Uh, back in the day, also, people used to make these Franken-mags where they were willed, like, an AR-15 magazine and an AK magazine together. I wish I could run into one of those because I would love to have one as a collector. They run too, but it's a, um, it's a hybrid beast, and it's very interesting how they did that. Uh, then past ProMag, there's D&H. D&H stopped making their mags. They're kind of unobtainium, I guess. I have too. And um, it has these really cute racing stripes on it. Um, but the, t- the follower doesn't, like, anti-tilt oh gosh right yeah. but it runs it has the most uh, aggressive taper in the magazine body than any other magazine i've seen uh they're expensive as hell and you can't find them anymore now and then the last one sea products defense i actually i personally lexington cord has had a direct hand in their development from the gen 2 to the gen 3 because I was the guy making the most stink and the most noise about the AR-47 back then. At least in the industry. I, uh, I was running around trying to find solutions. And everyone's like, well, if that's a good idea, you should pursue it. Okay, what about the pointers? We won't know ourselves either. But if you do it, we'd love to copy you. <laughs> good job, guys. Yeah, good job. But yeah, the 28-round magazines and the 30-round magazines. 28-rounders fit in all your mag pouches. The 30-rounders stick out a little bit. They're both good to go, and on top of that, too, they're the most reliable magazines that are out there, and they run like Swiss watches, although when I mean Swiss watches, you still have to maintain them. If they start acting up, you have to get rid of them, just like a regular Air 15 mag, but at least it brings the Air 47 to the same reliability um, race, if you will, quote-unquote. However, if you 
output. These are the tires of the car. You put good tires on a shitty car, it's still not going to run. Which brings me to my next point, 10-round mags. A 10-round magazine in an AR-47 is the best way you can tell whether or not that AR-47 is going to fucking run with everything. Because I've had one AR-47 that another guy built that he's brought in (laughs) place twice where I hang out and work at. And I fixed it twice. One time, just with 30-round magazines. The second time, with 10-rounders, which took me having to uh, do some uh, funky stuff to the bottom of the bolt. But I ended up getting it to run with both. And it turns out a lot of it can be attributed to fuck-up feed ramps. Which there's only certain companies I go with that have real feed ramps. And the ones I were – the ones that I have to modify – well, you know the story on that. (laughs) Well, I can add on this story because I've got personal experience. Um, So not – Maybe two years ago now, I think it was. But uh, Lexington and myself were out uh, taking a class, and we had to engage the rifle. And I took my AR-47. Until up to that point, I had run all kinds of ammo through my AR-47. So being a cheap bastard, I bought bare hollow points. And I thought, oh, these are the cheapest they've got right now. Let me try to run them. So in the class... I'm sitting there in the kneeling position, and I fire off my – I think it was a string of four rounds. It was two standing and two kneeling. But once I got kneeling, I noticed that I'd have a failure to feed. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And this happened over the course of the day and a little bit in the next day. And luckily, I had another upper I brought, and that one ran like a champ. But what I found out was my feed ramp was fucked up. So had a gunsmith it. So I went to the most expensive and the most legit place you could ever get tools, Harbor Freight. And we buffered that bitch out. <laughs> and to this day, she's been running like a champ. Uh, that is one thing about the AK ammo is certain, um, certain ammo types or brands with their hollow points, that shit is not spec. So you got to make sure it feeds. That thing's got to be smooth. I'd say the AR-47 feed ramp, you have to make it smooth as you would a 1911. For I would agree to that. Uh, certain companies do do that. Uh, one of them that I'm transitioning to for uh, barrels into the future, I still have to do my own like uh, stuff to them. But there's one company I know of that does it and one that has a hybrid because they use the same feed ramps as uh, – 300 blackout, but I'm transitioning away after a buddy of mine has left over there. But, um, yeah, most of my, uh, most of my AR 47s that I've built, uh, unless the customer specifies otherwise, I've, I've had to every single time do shit to the feed ramps. And that's one of the, one of my pet peeves. But there are two companies out there I don't have to. One because they were lazy and the other one because they actually found a solution to it. But 99% of the time, I have to fucking doctor up the feed ramps. Good old Harbor Freight. Good old Harbor Freight. Good old grinders. Good old <laughs> – yeah, good old grinders. And uh, what else on the AR-47? Oh, here's another fun thing about AR-47s that most people don't realize. Because it's a quote-unquote low-pressure round. 
there is not much flash out of it, even with the most obnoxious muzzle brakes. That is very true. And not much concussion either. That is very true. Yeah. That, uh... Which, that was, I, I personally, me, I didn't even know that until um, I fired one with a brake, like, in the dark, um, in a very, like, unlit indoor range, which I usually go there to do, like, flashlight techniques and even zero night vision and uh, IR lasers. And I fired off an AR-47 in there that I built for a, uh, another customer. And even though I put this, he, like, wanted this obnoxious fucking brake on there, there was barely any flashes. Just a little ball of orange in the front, which was the same size as an A2. Which, uh, you know, again, not that the round was ever optimized for it, but why it shines so much in short barrels, low-pressure cartridge, most of the powder's already burnt up, quote-unquote. Make some pretty gnarly AR forty sevens, man. Like with ten inch, is a go with the AR forty seven. And my whole thing is like, and and you know, this is gonna be me shitting on something, but you know, this is our podcast. Fuck off. Everyone's always pushing this Mark eighteen, Mark eighteen, Mark eighteen. I'm like, why would I want a ten inch five five six gun when I can have a ten inch seven six two by three nine gun? You know, I think it's like the internet fanboys and everyone seeing these guys out there, these Mark eighteens, but it's like, bro. I'd rather have a bigger pill and a shorter package, you know, where we're talking close up indoors or I'm talking engaging in distance. I still want the bigger round. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I'll never build a Mark 18. I just think, you know, okay, cool. But there's no use for it, especially with an AR-47. And I'm psychotic at this point in my life. I want an AR-10 in a 10-inch barrel. I think that would be fucking fantastic. But uh, well, we've been measuring mine, and uh, it turns out it's not thirteen four; it's like thirteen flat. <laughs> well, don't don't say nothing; they're gonna come get you. <laughs> no, it's pinned and welded to sixteen. They can eat my dick. Oh, well, I care. Yeah, I only pin and welded it so then I can put it on a regular uh, rifle or a regular lower. But uh, I think I could take it all the way down to eleven and a half on a mid length gas system. See, that'd be pretty nutty. I'm just thinking like. Do I want to do the AR pistol or just do a regular lower? I mean, because to be honest, 14 and a half is really, I think, the sweet spot of a carbine because you can move in and out of vehicles and things, especially with a law adapter on it. But 10 inches is 10 inches, though, man. That's awesome. You know, like, it's still like. You've seen this play out and you've heard me say this before, but I'm going to say this again. It's probably going to be one of my quotes. Barrel length doesn't matter within the realm of reason or within the realm of a rifleman, which is 600 yards. Barrel length does not matter. What matters is the characteristics of the round. Hell, I've seen guys and uh, close groups um, and within certain capacities within the firearms industry, I've seen guys with 14 and a half inch AR-10s reach out to a mile. I've seen it. And for people to think that just because you have a short barrel does not mean that you won't be able to reach out and touch distance. That is ludicrous. It just means your hold is different and you have to calculate wind sooner than everyone else. Yeah. But at the end of the day, is the bullet still in flight? Yes. It will get to that distance. Will it You're get talking... there the way you want to? Will it deliver the payload the way you want to? Mm-hmm. Who knows? However, if the rifle is true, that the bore is true, and the rifleman behind it knows what he's doing, again, like, you can reach out to those distances all day, every day. You've seen me do it, 
and we did it with a and I did it with a 13 and a half or actually a 13 inch um, AR-10 a couple weeks ago. Well, it was, and the craziest thing about that was, I here I am with a 16 inch AR-10, and we're both using the Horus reticles, and we're milling out what our holds are at five and six hundred yards. And I was really curious because you had a shorter barrel. I'm like, I wonder what, I wonder what Lexington's fucking hold is or for Mills. It's the same fucking thing. Like it's literally was the same hold. Like ridiculous. I think it was like, was it four mils you held or something like? No. Was yeah. It no, I was holding. Yeah, I was holding four point four mils at six hundred. Yeah, it's like that. Okay, and I'm holding here. I am with a sixteen inch rifle, quote unquote, or carbine, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, holy shit, dude, your holes are the same as mine's. And, you know, so, yeah, I think shorter is better as well. I just, you know, who wants to do the tax stamp shit nowadays? Cause, exactly. Fuck, I mean, I'll, <laughs> go fucking, I'll go five and a half inches on an AR-15. I don't give a shit. Um, you know. Well, actually, I am going to do it. I'm going to build it. Fuck it. Um Everyone keeps sending me pictures and parts about it. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna make a fucking super short handguard for it too. Um, but yeah, it's it's not the barrel length that matters. It's the characteristics of the round that is what matters. Yeah. Because again, I can't think of any point in human existence that someone was shot with, you know, a short barreled rifle or a snub nose pistol when. Oh, sorry, dude. You know, you didn't hit me with this velocity. I'm going to walk away now. Like, yeah. You broke the rules. You didn't have a, a long barrel, and there wasn't enough velocity. I get to go home, and I'll see you next time. If you want to hunt me down and stop me, you need a longer barrel, bro. Sorry. And then leave. Yeah. I've never seen that happen or play out. So, yeah, the ludicrous. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Well, AR-47 is, I would say, is lit. Um it has been my primary go-to rifle for is that three years now or two? No, that's three years. Going on three years now. Um, I've only had the one issue with the feed ramp. Uh, we're taking that course down in Vegas. Um, the only other thing I can add, oh, is don't be cheap by the LMT sleep bolt. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking thing works. The uh, but yeah. Um, Great rifle, great setup, runs like a champ. I don't know if Lexington, do you have anything else to add to that? Or yeah, I am using uh, different bolts now for cost reasons, but oh. they are probably running about eighty percent of what the LMT bolts do. I'll send you the info of what I'm talking about. Okay. Later on, so you can have a replacement just in case. Mm-hmm. Actually, you do. You have that casing manufacturing bolt, don't you? Yeah, I, I've still, I literally have an extra bolt just sitting in my Damn, dog, that right is now. some fucking old school shit right there. You can't get that no more. Yeah, I'm just I'm just chilling on that. Uh, for my two, I have one spare right now, so that works. Um, the 10-inch, the I don't really run as much because I'm just – I know – I mean – I thought that was a 7.5. That was a 10-inch I built? I think it was a 10. I think it was a 10, yeah. Um, huh. I have to go measure it, actually. I think but, it's 7.5, bro. Oh, shit. Could be wrong. I don't remember. Well, I, I don't really run it that much because, you know, your barrel life is a little less with a shorter barrel, and I just, yeah, I don't run it that much. Like, unless, I'll run it every once in a while, maybe every couple months, but not to the extent I run 
my uh, 14 and a half right now. I'll run that bitch to the ground. I don't care. And it'll work. And knowledge bomb, all you have to do is clean the chamber, not the barrel. This yeah, that's a, that's a big topic on its own, cleaning. Well, I mean, yeah, we could always go on that for another podcast. But I guess, I mean, for sure, the, the, the title for this one is going to be AR-47, like, without a doubt. Yeah. Primary what we're going on here. Actually, I would tell you this. I wouldn't even publish this one. I would just use this as a test basis and then see how it sounds. Because honestly, like, that's why I'm going only half into it, like, knowledge-wise. Because, one, I'm probably going to end up changing my name to something else instead of Lexington. And, two, this is just me testing this out uh, right now. If anything, if you're free in a little bit, let's pause. Let's stop this. Go back. Listen to some of it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. Edit it. See how it sounds. We'll reconnoiter later on in about an hour, come up with a topic, do our introductions, like in a real intro. Mm-hmm. Like our intro is like who you are, who I am. Like, and we'll go from there. Um, I have to come up with a better name in Lexington. I just thought of it on the fly as I was like eating my ghetto ass like fucking lunch or my breakfast or whatever the fuck I want to call it. Well, yeah, I think this episode is good to get the kinks out because originally I was told you could only do five minutes. We're at 48 minutes right now, so that was a lie. So yep. This must be the new one, and um, we can get the and there's actually a breakdown of like uh, pause breaks and things like that, but uh, we could figure that out and get it set. I'm curious how this is going to sound on it because I've been using earphones or headphones the whole time too. Hey, I've uh, had you on speaker talking towards you. Yeah, if it sounds good, I mean, I think this is a good way to go because this is something simple, easy. And we can do anywhere because where do you not have your cell phone? Right, exactly. So, all right, I'm going to finish recording now and then uh, take a look and see what we can do because it says, okay, so this is on my end because you're connected. All right, I'm going to go ahead and end it. All right, end it. All right, so we got we got Whiskey Tango Alpha, this is Delta, and I'm still trying to find Vic. Okay, uh, did you find you found him earlier, right? I added him as a friend, but I couldn't, like, you know, like, so what happens is when you get a friend, when you go start podcasts, it goes, who do you want to invite? And then you can hit your friends and they'll add, but I didn't see him on the, add the friends. I just found him and favored him. So hopefully he responds back or tell him to call in. He can actually call in the show. I think. Okay, cool. Hold on one second. Let me, uh, let me look at him up on Facebook messenger. Go, I'm going to tell him call into the show. Call yeah, or, in to Tom, look for Delta, AKA the roach. That's my username. Look for Delta. Okay, the Roach. Roach. Uh, wow, it's like the moment I try to type in Roach, it goes like to um, Rothschild, and I'm like Illuminati confirmed. Anyways, all right, what were we talking? <laughs> okay, so. Uh, what were we uh, talking about earlier? We were talking about uh, porn stars. Yes, porn stars. Uh, porn stars, girls that we would actually pay for. Brandy and, Love. And Brandy Love. And on top of that, too, the Jennifer Lawrence uh, slash, what's her name? Natalie Dormer is my future baby yeah, mama. <laughs> Natalie Dormer kiss. Like, I don't even know who like Natalie Dormer was until now. So I, She's in Game of Thrones, bro. She is. Which one is she? So, remember when Joffrey died and then his queen, like the wife, 
And then she was, like, trying to help him, and he fucking died. And then the season where the – what's her name? She blew up the fucking – the church with everyone in it. And she's like, why is everyone here and, he sh- and she's not here? She was that character. Oh. Yeah, I totally have a crush on Natalie Dormer. That You know what? That's the, ne- the new name for my new rifle. I'm going to call her Natalie for Natalie Dormer. Natalie Dormer. <laughs> Natalie Dormer. Yeah, and also there was so uh, we were talking about earlier like uh, speculums and like uh, speculums and buttholes. Uh, that being said, hi, welcome to the uh, <laughs> welcome to the Liberal Rift Podcast. Woo! Woo! Yeah, we're getting better at this, motherfucker. Yeah, we're getting better at this. We're uh, well, uh, you're the guy manning it. How about you start off your intro? I'm gonna see where uh, our homeboy is right now. All right. Uh, while you're doing that, my name is Delta, aka the Roach. Um, a little background about me. Um, I just want to get better at shooting and fundamentals. I don't give a fuck about frills and thrills or magic tricks. Um, been shooting probably since I was like, like 13, 14. Uh, saw the path of the righteous man about two years ago and slaughtered a shit ton of cows along that way. And I have lived pre-Magpul era, through Magpul era, till now. So... Wow. I have an experience from that side of the fence where I guess you could say consumer slash civilian. And I've gotten the opportunity to train with really cool people. And here I am. Cool. Well, I'm Whiskey Tango Alpha. You could look into what that means. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you judge it by my voice, you can kind of figure out what I am um, or not. Actually, you probably get it completely wrong, which is fine. Uh, you'll never know my real name, and I don't plan on ever giving it out. So, that being said, the truth is going to be dropped on here a fucking lot. Uh, my background is I'm a former uh, former Democrat, socialist, uh, liberal. Um, oh, grew fuck. up in uh, a lot of the more uh, collective parts of the country. And um, I have an institutional finance background. And I... Uh, Ended up giving that up, ended up running off, joining the military, where I originally did it for, you know, regions of adventure and to pick up chicks, to be brutally honest. And uh, I ended up uh, falling in love with the cause after I saw what true evil was overseas. I also have a LEO background, and I've been inside the firearms industry. Um, without realizing I was in the firearms industry, I didn't even know this thing existed until I came home. Off my first deployment, uh, where I was properly introduced uh, to the level of buttfuckery that is uh, befuddling uh, most of the Second Amendment around here in America uh, when it comes to consumer products. And on top of that, too, I've had the honor and the pleasure of being able to train with some of the, and learn from and co-develop techniques with some of the best shooters in the planet, including uh, spanning two different generations of shooters. So... That being said, I got a lot of experience when it comes to not only on the application side of the house, but also the practical side of the house. And you're not going to get any bullshit from me. Don't have really much opinions. I just have a lot of experience. That's about it. Yes, this is definitely an experience-based podcast. It's not some shit we just made up and, you know, we saw on the interwebs. This is some, if you hear some shit from us, 100%, we've either seen it or been in it, and we can attest to that, so... Boom. Yeah, Roger that. Oh, yeah, uh, which reminds me. So our first guest tonight, uh, he's going to be on in about 30 minutes because he's actually doing a shift changeover at his job right now. Um, I'll have to say it. 
Yeah, that is the sound of greatness in my throat. <laughs> this is oh, so fuck. fucking podcast oh. professional. This oh, fuck. So God. Well, that one was brown. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't recovered um, fully from, like, North Carolina. But anyways, so, that being said, now we got our backgrounds out of the way. And, uh, man, let's talk about current events right now. Uh, what we were just talking about. Uh, well, let's talk about what we were talking about earlier. When I mean current events, I mean... Like, our topic earlier, which was, like, fucking, like, lesbians and how that shit isn't, like, you know, that prevalent anymore in, like, you know, media, which was, like, kind of cool. Like, you used to go to the movies and see, like, freaking, like, two hot chicks make out. Oh, yeah. That happened all the time, but nowadays, like, what you see is, like, girls are, they're trying to portray girls as the new guys. And I actually had a... I had somebody tell me that the other day when I was like hanging out with them, and I was like, "Really? Is that how this is going to go down now? Like, you you literally think you're the, like you're a man, like you're a new dude? Like, no, that's not well, how it works." Well, no, but this is true because you see it from like uh, Hollywood in the last year, and maybe year and a half. Like, I saw that movie Wonder Woman because I was on a plane to the East Coast, and I was like, "Well, let me watch this." And I've been pushing it off forever and ever, but it's like. Men are always evil. Women can do everything. And women want to be the guys. And it's getting ridiculous, too. Like, what's that fucking... Oh, that movie Atomic Blonde? Like, really? She's beating up a 200 or 180-pound man, and she's maybe 130 pounds at, like, 5'7". I've never seen that play out in real life. Even yeah, in, like... Even in jiu-jitsu. Like, I've never seen that no. play out in fucking real life. I've never seen that play out in the, the freaking field. I've never seen that play out like in maneuver warfare and shit like that. Th- oh, that no, doesn't dude. make any Yeah, I've never seen that play out in a fucking like even <laughs> I've never seen that play out in a bar. Fucking dumb no, like dude. seriously. Like yeah. you go go to a hood ass area, have a bitch run her fucking mouth like you ain't shit. You ain't shit. <laughs> you ain't shit. And then watch a yoked out motherfucker go and like bitch you say that to me one more time. I'm gonna knock your ass out. She's like, fuck you, you ain't gonna hit it like you ain't gonna hit me, you ain't gonna hit and then fucking knocks him out and then all of a sudden it, the pendulum swings from I can do everything you can to why would you hit a woman? Wait a second. Hold on. I thought this was equal rights, equal fight. Well, no, no, no. See, you know, when we talk about this discussion, there is one TV show I actually did watch back in the day. It was Generation Kill. And it's where Lieutenant, I think it was Fick, or Fick was his name, Lieutenant Fick. And uh, the Mexican dude, I think is I can't remember his name, the sergeant, whatever. But these ladies are, like, screaming at these dudes. And he, may, he drops some fucking knowledge. He goes, see, no matter where you go, dog, I used to repo cars. Bitches from Beverly Hills or South Central, they always feel like they're protected. And they run their mouth. And that's so true with women, dude. Like, I've been in, in uh, Muay Thai and boxing classes. And, like, here I am, 200 pounds, and a chick comes over. She goes, I want to spar with you. And I'm looking at her like, are you fucking retarded? Like, like if I hit you, I'm going to hurt you. And she's like, no, I want to spar with you. And I'm like, why would you? Okay, fine. And did you? Like, yeah, I did. And then, like, I sat there. You know, we do, like, two, three-minute rounds where we're, like, you know, practice and, you know, offense, defense. And I just sat there and was like, all right, you know, I'm going to take it easy. And then she starts trying to overhand right me hard as fuck. So then I'm like, okay, cool. So the next round, I just hit her with a jab. Not even, like, a hard jab. Just a nice, clean pop. And it was like, oh, God. And it was like, yeah, why the fuck are you doing this? <laughs> and the media keeps betraying this, that, you know, women don't need men, and women can do everything a man can nowadays. So, yeah, that's where we're fucking living right now. 
a lot of this from what I've seen, and again, this is from my perspective from the other side. Um, what I've seen and what I've experienced when it comes to that is that a lot of it stems from this ideology that they're trying to create where they are disseminate or dismantling, if you will. I almost said disseminating. They are disseminating information, but they're dismantling what was the, the American household. And I've noticed, oh, this, yeah. I've noticed this over time. Have you seen now, like, this is the most pathetic Thanksgiving ever? Oh, and it's yeah. not just even us. Like, I'm having a goddamn good time, like, given my situation. But, like, like everybody else, like, I, I, like, generally, like, leading up to Thanksgiving, there was a lot of cheer. You could feel it in the air. And, like, you know that, you know, everyone's making plans. And everyone's getting out of town early and stuff. Bro, the freeways were dead the day before Thanksgiving. Dead. Yeah. Kind of, sort of packed the day, two days beforehand. But everyone's yeah. working the, the day before. Right? Because it takes yeah. place on a Thursday. It's like, bro, I, I haven't seen any Thanksgiving Day specials. I haven't seen any Thanksgiving, like, shit on TV. Like, nobody, like, there's, it's not even, even the media anymore for them to, like, go, like, oh, this is an important holiday for everybody to get together and say thanks. The only thing I see is, like, on Instagram, it's, like, a bunch of girls posing with turkey by their butts, which I don't really mind. I mean, keep doing that. <laughs> but, um, I, like the, like, I like the area that comes out from as much as, uh, you know, as the next guy. Um, but I don't see that there's an emphasis placed on it anymore, and they're trying to ruin you as a society and as a gender. Well, and, if you th- well, if you take a step back and you look at this, and from, like, a psychological point when you're a child, right? The most, I think one of the strongest things you have as a child, no matter what gender, what race, is your family. So your sense of community, your sense of what's right, your sense of how roles are supposed to go and how things play out all come from your family. Your family. Now, if you have a strong family, you see, have unity, and obviously everyone's family is not perfect. Some people have fuck-ups. Some people have drug addicts, what have Hi. you. But <laughs> the point is, it's all about your family. Right. Now, if you destroy that family system and you have generations that don't have a family as a foundation or the foundation to look into, look out, I should say, of what – their li- what life should be about and what caring and, you know, all that's about. That's why you have this going on right now. Like, I I know, like, I went and dropped off uh, vegan donuts to the girl that gives me tea in the morning, and she's up here with no family either. She's just kicking it with her homegirl, and I'm like, oh, I'm just at the house cooking steak because, you know, I can't afford to fly home right now, but this is happening more and more and more. Right. So, I, you know, and I think it's it's prevalent through Hollywood. It's prevalent everywhere in America right now. We're not pushing the values or the morals that we used to push. So, right. Eh. So, like, let's talk about this in this endeavor. Like, um, I've been in a lot of relationships, and I have, like, this is just a disclaimer. I have kids overseas. And let me, like, put it this way. You, as a, you know, as a single man and you have a good head on your shoulders, how hard is it for you nowadays for you to find a wholesome girl that you can actually have a family with? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It fuck exactly. Patriarchy, motherfucker. Yeah, dude, it's... it's Fight it's, the patriarchy. It's damn near impossible. That's the thing that really gets me going. It's like people are so fucking short-sighted. Yeah. It's like, 
you and I, we're all, all of us as people, like we're on this earth for such a small amount of time, right? Exactly. And this window that you have as a fucking young adult, you know, that amount of time, a lot of times from age, like from the time you're born to the time you're 30, should be used to figure out who you are. And then yeah. at that point, you should be trying to forge a family because at least this is for men. For women, they should be doing this earlier because their value as people, and this is just nature as it is. And you can never under you can never try to socially engineer nature away. It will always be there. Yeah. Just like how like some chicks will fucking crawl through barbed wire and glass to suck a nigga's dick if they fucking like think that that nigga's hot. I'm not yeah. kidding. Like, <laughs> no, this is true. Sure, I mean, <laughs> motherfucking Snoop Dogg had fucking bitches fall out of the ceiling while he's in the jacuzzi so they could suck his dick. <laughs> Seriously, like. You can't stop nature, and unfortunately, most of these, like, a lot of women I've met, and you've probably seen this yourself, they're fooling themselves thinking that, hey, I want to be a career person, I want to do all this, and, you know, that's fine, do it, that's, that's what you, re- you really want to do, you, not what someone else is telling you, and they can't tell the difference, that someone else is programming into their heads what they should and want to do. All the TV, oh, all the yeah. media, all the like the stupid magazines that they read, and they are dumb. They are well, pretty fucking dumb. It's like, hey, go out, be a baller, a female baller, go and make all this money. You don't need no man. You'll be hot until you're forty and stuff like that. Like, like no, you ain't. You're gonna hit a wall when you turn thirty. I've seen so many girls that I used to like freaking like screw around with when I was younger. Now I like, see them nowadays. Some of them are older than me. Some of them are my age. Oh my God! It's like once they hit thirty, it's like, boom! All of a sudden, the fucking ugly sticker got slapped on their faces. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, it's well to to piggyback on what you're saying there. Um, women, when they hit thirty, actually, when a woman hits like twenty six to twenty eight, is where like she starts hitting the wall. I think thirties were full on fatal. Like if you haven't got your shit together and have a boyfriend or like married or some kind of plan by then. You're pretty much fucked. What's weird in nature is, though, guys are the opposite. Like, we have the shittiest times of our lives. Not, I wouldn't say shittiest time, but for our social economic benefits and what we can do until we hit 30 is when we actually can. Well, I'd say that's when we peak is when we hit 30. It's really when we're established. We have a career. We have money. We have a place. Um yeah, the thirties, thirties for men is fucking. It's an amazing time. Yeah, and I'm experiencing that right now. Um, so are you. And the funny thing is, is that you know, our our procreative juices, our sperm is still good all the way until like we're, the day we die, pretty much. Yeah, literally. Like yeah. women, on the other hand, their shit starts going haywire past like thirty. Like the, the longer that you that women hold off and this is just like you know if so if someone listens and goes like oh my god these guys are fucking sexist and shit sorry uh, whatever this is, yeah whatever uh, you can't call us racist because you don't know what race we are and you can kind of deduct from our voices that we ain't what you think we are but that being said shit goes haywire more and more and it becomes a higher probability of them having an offspring or a child that has genetic defects and also mental retardation. That is a word. No one gets triggered by it. Trigger! If they, if they wait longer. 
It's just, because their their eggs they don't have a finite amount. And us as men, we can produce sperm constantly. Yeah. Which like look at Genghis Khan. The dude like fucking five percent of the entire world population shares genetics with that guy. Five percent. That is insane. Mm-hmm. When you Conquering think about fucking. exactly, exactly conquering exactly. So, you know, I don't see anybody like tearing down statues of Genghis Khan for being a pat- like you know the patriarchy and all this other shit. This is only a Western society thing, but. The longer that they wait for that, the longer that it is that they can actually, like, have kids. And I've, hell, I've dated a woman, you know this, that had kids when she, like, late into her 30s and early 40s. And look how fucked up she is. Well, you know, too, the thing with that is, um, the, I'm, okay, I'm going to say this. The funny thing is, and it's not so funny, is The Matrix was actually a documentary, not a fucking movie. Because we are plugged into the society views of what life should look like. Like you were saying, the women want to go out there and be a baller and be all this. But the sad truth is, a lot of these girls who want to be independent women and all the single ladies, that fucking song came out. You're going to see those girls in the next 10 years, roughly, that we knew and kind of grew up with. They're going to be fucking miserable. We're gonna have the biggest generation of crazy cat women we've ever fucking seen. I've, seen, I've fucking been saying see that, and like I'm watching it play out. And this is a funny thing. In a, such a small compressed timeline, I'm watching this play out on social media. Oh now yeah, that, dude. Now that social media has been like part of the zygus for the last ten years, you can actually now trace back all these social genomes that have been inputted into society and watch them come mm. into fruition. Which is this: I have legitimately seen a girl that went from joining the military from being a party girl, going through her enlistment, you know, kind of being like, kind of like, okay and normal and like, you know, still kind of buying into the whole feminist bullshit to like coming out, getting into fitness, getting into lifting, you know, having like a damn good time. But I can, you can read in between the lines that there's something definitely wrong all the way to the point where she chased away a fucking alpha male to the point where now like she, as she's getting older, she has to legitimately adopt animals to be her children because she's oh, that shit fucking crazy. Dude, don't even go there. The fucking animals. That is it. A... Those are not kids. Those but, are not your no, offspring. Those but, are a monolith to the failure of you being a parent. But no, what's crazy is like, I'll, I'm going to use, let's just call her uh, M, right? So M's like smoking hot. I know her. I get my tea from her in the mornings. And, I mean, this chick is only 22, and she's got a pit bull. And she legitimately told me this this week. She goes, I would have joined the Marine Corps. I want to. But the reason I didn't join it is because of my baby. And I'm like, you have a kid? She goes, no, I have a pit bull. And I was like, You're an what, idiot. The, what are you talking about? Like, women think that animals are their children. And it's like. They're these soulless fucking creatures. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, here's a great example of this. Like, you ever... Can you ever imagine, like, this film we all grew up with called Armageddon, right? Where, like, yeah. a bunch of astronauts fly to the sky. Do you think your fucking pit bull and the cow are going to be able to go into that thing and save you from a fucking devastating asteroid? I'm sorry. The last time I checked, it took months and years of training, years of training, to even do that as a human. Yeah. So what the fuck do you think an animal's gonna do for you? But they're there for you all the time. No, and and, and I've come to this in conclusion when so, I. So yeah, well, here's a funny thing. Sorry to overrun your train of thought, Delta. No, no. I was gonna say like this as my ending thought. <laughs> you're probably gonna laugh your dick off. You know what? 
animals are always there. But here's another funny thing that people kind of dose themselves with too. So are drugs and high fat food. Yes. That's always there too. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, chocolate cake. You're always there for me. Yeah, it is. It's totally true. It's like congratulations, you are fucking doxing yourself or drugging yourself up with a different type of drug, which is now an animal. But no, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because it goes into what I, it kind of ties in. What I was going to say is the reason that women like animals and dogs is because they won't tell them anything back. If exactly. you get a puppy or a dog, it's not going to be like, Karen, you're a piece of shit. You know, like, it's not going to sit there and tell you, like, you're wasting your life away. Because a dog is very simple. It just wants to be fed, wants to play, and that's it. You can be the biggest piece of shit in the world, but if you do those couple things for a dog, it loves you forever. And what's uh, funny is, like, a woman will choose an animal over a man and say that's, you know, their man or their baby or whatever. But the truth is, I see it as that person is just scared of what a person is going to tell them. Because if Karen's shooting up fucking dope, or no, let's not even take it to that extreme. Let's just say Karen's a bitch and she's annoying and doesn't play well with others. It doesn't play over to the dog because she probably loves the dog because the dog doesn't judge her. But if I if we're out drinking and I'm just using Karen as an example, and she's being a bitch, and I go, "Yo, Karen, you're being a bitch." I'm the asshole for saying that. Or, it's like you're right. You're the asshole for like acknowledging what everyone else is actually feeling, which is you're not adding value to the situation. You're quite detrimental. But because of the way society is structured nowadays, we can't criticize you. I, I'm going to call it here on the show right now, man. I'm going to say in the next five to ten years, prostitution is going to be legal in the United States. Oh. Oh, most definitely. And here's another thing I would uh, even venture to say on top of that. If you're – if as a woman – you cannot develop your personality or you as a human being to actually add value to this man's, a man's life other than being a piece of meat for me to look at and to screw. Why should I invest anything emotional other than treating you as you are, which is I know exactly what it is you're looking for because you're so fucking shallow and basic. Here's some money. Jump on this dick. Pretty much. And I'm I mean, not that's, kidding. But that's happening. What's funny is like what's funny is. That's almost happening now, dude. Like, well, it is happening now. It's just called dating. Like, dating, like, from the 50s. I know. It's like, it's the funny thing is that the trend has reversed. It's like, yeah. now, we're the interesting ones. And on top of that, too, it's like, I, I, I hate to say this. And it, this is going to sound like I'm, like, fucking, uh, you know, sh- not shallow. But I, it's going to make it sound like I have more choices than I really do. Or maybe as much as I want to disclose at this point. But... I have to now discern who I spend time with. No, I don't have that's as much, true. Exactly. I don't have as much free time as I used to. Even other, even other men, like, I have to decide. I, this is going to make me sound like a sociopath, but I have to decide, okay, who am I going to invite over to my place right now to drop off food? Because at this point, I have to look at, all right, people I really care about, they're not here. Hi. What's up, Delta? Um, <laughs> the people that... The people that can, like, you know, logistically support me, on the other hand, now I have to think about, all right, who can logistically support me the best? And that makes me sound like such a chick from 10 to 20 years ago. I now yeah. know how they think because now I look at all these other women and I go, hey, other than, like, you know, you have, like, a really solid butt that you shake, you sit on, and you probably shoot waste out of whatever. What else do you have to offer here? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I like yeah. the drink. I like the party. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Tell me something compelling about yourself. Yeah. Well, uh, I started squatting about two years ago to like boost out my ass. All right, cool. All right. So your ass is your best asset. Got it. Here's $200. Meet me in the back alley in about 20 minutes. I'm going to ram you for about 15 of those. Yeah. Oh, and, and I don't want you to talk to me because you really like, you know, other than providing me a release, which is unfortunately 90% of women out there. And they used to say this the same about men. But it's like, yo, sit down and talk to a woman sometime and actually see how empty most of their lives are. Now, here's the funny thing, though. You talk to a woman that has children, on the other hand. God, you're going to get such better, like, fucking conversations out of them. Oh, yeah, dude. I know. It's like that sounds so fucked up and counterintuitive. No, no. A woman that is either married with children or is a single mother, you will have better conversations with them. I'm not talking from, like, a dating perspective. I'm just talking from a value perspective. Because there's lessons learned from that, right? There are lessons learned that they've gone through. They actually have lived a life. Going through, like, fucking, you know, men, not men, going through your period, fucking um, going out, like, going clubbing all the time. What does that do? That uh, All those are selfish pursuits. Selfish pursuits of trying to find another spike of endorphins. That's it. You can do the same thing by just abusing drugs. Well, what, what is, what is yeah. it? Oh, no, go ahead. No, you're right. I mean, basically, we set up a society where we want quick fixes and we don't want the long-term hold. You know, we're, all, we're always getting high on let's go clubbing. And what we have with social media has just exacerbated the whole situation. You know, it's like women will go to the club and the first thing they do, they don't even fucking dance or get a drink. It's like, Snapchat, here's my filter, dog. It's like... And it's insane because I'll run across people and they're like, yo, you don't really post a lot on social media. I was like, yeah, I know. It's called privacy. Don't you have any? And it's like, but I feel that most people nowadays are using social media to, to almost have an ego boost. I know. It's to justify their empty existence. Exactly. To, but you can fool everyone else all the time, but you can't fool people that have actually done things. That's the funny thing. So, and like, I've seen this play out in finance and I see it play out in social economic events and also within the stratosphere of interaction with other people, just in society, 95% of everybody is wrong. That is like, when I first heard that, I was like, you're like, no, that can't be possible. You can't be telling me everybody that like out of the hundred people I know, most of them are wrong about everything. You can't be telling me that. And then they would, my teacher would counteract that point. At that time, probably the only guy that I ever listened to because he actually did it in real life and still did it when he was teaching the class. He would look at me and go, how many of them are actually rich? As in they can quit, stop everything right now, and they can go off and live the rest of their lives doing whatever the hell they wanted to. And I was like, none of them. 95% of everybody's wrong and walked away from it. This is true with everything, man, especially like the shooting industry. Like if I see the shooting industry is going one way, I legitimately will go the other way and i've experienced that shit pre-magpul error you know and i'm gonna say pre-magpul error because once that dvd came out it basically ruined fundamentals good shooting and marksmanship and basically threw hollywood on it and you know what good for those guys to make their fucking money why not but like there's still training scars and things you look at and you're like that doesn't make any sense 
And like even in the, they say, oh, real world application, you could do this. And it's like I've talked to dudes and like, yeah, that would get you killed. You know, like this looks Gucci, but it's it's fucking wrong. You know, and you're right. If 95 percent of people are jumping on the bandwagon, like fuck EOTech, like perfect example, I would go buy a fucking EOTech because they're probably wrong. You know, and they were wrong in that aspect. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Whiskey. women, dude. No, I do. Quite a lot. Um, what was it called? And the funny, and another funny thing is, is that when you, <laughs> you'll be quite surprised how much you can fry, like, people's brains. Not just women, but everyone else when you bring this up. And you look at them and you just sit down for, like, you know, sit them down, ask them some tough questions for about maybe two minutes and watch their brains fry. Oh, dude, you could, that, I mean, you could do that just asked on someone what their core beliefs are. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. Like, you can just look at somebody, look them in the eyes. A lot of people can't even do that anymore. They can't look each other in the eyes and talk. Look them in the eyes and go, what do you really want out of your life? Oh, that's it. Yeah, it's basic fucking questions people can't answer. No, what they is, can't answer that. Yeah. They can't fucking answer that. And we have created a society of ambiguity that allows that to happen now like when you were when people back in like in the day before we were ruined by technology up into like you know and i'm gonna call i'm gonna mark a date like society really started going downhill after 2008 i felt it i've seen Mm -hmm. it i agree with that after yeah after a certain administration got in and like it took a couple it took after the first um whatchamacallit it took the uh, god damn. This guy keeps sending me pictures of beautiful women. And I can't help but like look at it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's nature right there. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna walk up to her and I'm gonna be like, "Hey, how's it going? Like, tell me about you. What's uh like, you know?" But um, God, he took away my fucking train of thought. Oh, anyway, back on hopping back on the train of train of thoughts. <laughs> He's sending me pictures of thoughts, and I'm dude. They're so prevalent, like. Everyone was like, oh, you have Instagram? I was like, dude, I only use Instagram to look at thoughts and gun shit. Like, and mostly it's thoughts. Like, I don't even like, like, every girl is on Instagram. And you're like, oh, God, she looks great. But then when you meet them in real life, it's like just a hollow shell. Like, it's nothing there. Like, okay, just go take your pictures and, 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 and go, yeah, go oh, do no, that. There's one, there's one girl that I, like, I met that's like, yo, your only existence in life is avoiding your bills and drinking yourself to the point that you can fuck someone. Like, yeah. There's nothing about you that adds value to society. You are consider like you are a constant taker. And because I know what their linchpin is, I can legitimately like if I really wanted to, I was presented with a situation where she actually offered for me to take her under my wing and pimp her out, and I was like, "Yo, I might do that." Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's a simple situation of that. You're, they're that easy to coerce. They're, congratulations. There are people that are a lot smarter than all of them that have created the system for them to do that. And this isn't by accident. Because like I was saying, like prior to this, you know, the, the bond of community and network of friends was a lot stronger. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Now people know everybody, but no one knows no one. Well, everyone and, thinks they know everyone because they're friends on social media, but they really don't fucking know those people. I've noticed that too. No, they don't. Like, 
you know, when people hang out with me for more than like a freaking, you know, 10 minutes, they get thrown into a head spin. Like, oh my God, you really like this? And like, yeah, I am. <laughs> like, oh, 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 oh my God. It's like, how do you, it's, it's like, you know, I've been tossed into a time machine and sent into the future. I should belong somewhere, you know, 40, 50, 70 years ago. But well, that being like, you know, that stated, we've created a society now where people are ambiguous about everything and there's yeah. no decisions. And then, you know what the funny thing is? The faster you can make a decision about anything, the quicker people will follow you, even if it's wrong. My partner fucking, like, he talks about this all the goddamn time. We're going to call him, like, Juliet, whatever. Um, he fucking does this all the goddamn time. And even though he knows what he's doing is wrong, people still follow him because he's so fucking sure of what he's doing. Oh, and they... he does this on yeah. purpose. And I watch him, too, and he tells me about it. I'm like, you don't have to tell me about it, my nigga. I know exactly what you're doing. Just to see, watch people, like, watch how easily nowadays people are coerced. It wasn't oh, it, like yeah. this. It wasn't yeah. like this. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, I'll meet people, and then they'll ask me, like, questions, and I can give them a blunt, honest answer, and you would think that people would not want to talk to me. You know, like, I'll meet a beautiful girl. She's like, you like my dress? And I'll just tell her, like, it looks like shit. And then, and then she just looks at me with this whimsical, oh, what the fuck? And then it's like, I just tell people, like, look, I'm going to tell you the truth because I don't fucking care to lie to you, and I, I don't want to have to remember shit. You know, and it, it works just being honest. You know, people look at me crazy when I'm like, well, what do you want to do for fun? I was like, I want to do hood rat stuff with my hood rat friends. And I say it with like no pause, dead, dead in the eyes. And they're just like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I do for fun. Well, people can't even answer that question. People can't even have fun anymore. Yeah, like, but they can't. Like, <laughs> like this whole podcast, I mean, I discovered this you know this app we're using and i was drunk and i was like oh yeah this will work we use the phones and it it works so you know you gotta people don't want to have fun or they they're stuck in front of the tv probably one of the greatest things i did in my adult life was cancel cable and i've been out without tv and cable for about four years now one of the greatest things ever yeah, the only thing I ever do when it comes to a TV is I just have music videos playing in the back. And I, like, you barely even see those nowadays, too. Well, MTV doesn't even show music videos anymore. It's all, yeah, it's all this fucking social justice programming and shit. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, like, look at the girl that's catfishing everybody. Or look at this transgender dude get into wrestling with girls, and he's winning. Like, <laughs> And I don't understand like, how that shit became popular. Like... I don't think it really. uh, It's like there's such a small portion of the population. Like, if we took a fucking like census of United States right now, like what percentage do you think is actually transgender? You know, like of the what we're at 400 million yet, or like the 400 million population. Like of that, what percent is actually transgender? Like less than 100,000. Yeah, like so. If that. Yeah, dude. Like I don't even. And it's like, why are why are we screaming bloody murder for that less than one percent? Like, if you want to be transgender, I don't give a fuck. Just don't fuck with me. But what I don't like about our current situation as humans is you don't agree with something. So the fact that you don't agree with it, you feel that you're being treated unfairly, and you need to oppose or 
uh, imprint your view of thinking on my view of thinking. And I'm over here like, I don't really care what you fucking do, but why are you trying to fuck up my life? Like, that's like, I mean, and that's some cowardly ass shit because unless you're going to come to my house with force or you're going to use force to take it away from me, I think you're a bitch because you're using the government or laws to do it for you. Right, exactly. And that's another thing. Uh, we've created a society of hall monitors. Oh, God, dude. Oh. The thought, yeah, the thought police <laughs> is a real thing. And at this point, like, you know, what they'll do is everyone shows up to these fucking rallies and they'll just point <clears throat> fingers at you. And then a very small percentage of them will actually try to do anything. And that's a funny thing. Um, whenever you see, like, a lot of these and it's kind of funny how we got to this, con- this point in the conversation because you can kind of trace where a lineage of all the problems start, which is <laughs> – no, I'm serious. Like, yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, like we've created a society that is like becoming more and more codependent. They think they're independent, but they're not because nowadays – like it's everyone who says like I don't give a fuck, um, no, they give a fuck because if you really didn't give a fuck, you wouldn't be wasting your breath saying it. You would just be doing shit. Yeah, like, you just do it. Right. Like say, for instance, we both know a guy <laughs> – that's like fucking currently a nomad running around fucking living in a gun shop, fucking hose and yeah. fucking, yeah. And living like living the fucking dream of an entrepreneur, quote unquote, with all the hardships and the, you know, entrails that go on with it. However, I don't ever have to tell anybody. I don't give a fuck. People can kind of tell. I don't give like, you know, people can tell that they doesn't give a fuck. They all said, I, whatever. Um, however, we created a society of hall monitors to the point where like, you know, Everyone's like, yeah, I just want to, I just want to live my own life. Yeah, look at me, I'm fucking, I'm single, I'm a fucking girl. Oh my god, look how, look at these dudes with guns. This is awful. We need to get the government to stop it. Pretty Hold much. on, hold on. I thought you didn't give a shit. Why is it now we're trying to impose our will on other people you've never met before? Like seriously, is this in front of your face? Does this affect you? No. Cool. Fuck off. Well, and that's the thing with the older generations. There used to be that, you know that that golden rule of mind your own business. Like if it oh, does now it's no longer you, that now yeah. it's now it's like everyone's in each other's business. It's like, yeah, it used to be just mind your own business. Even as a kid, you know, we, you know, you see someone at the store, maybe who's missing a leg or something. And like, you're looking and your mom or dad's like, just mind your own fucking business. You know, that, that was a hallmark of growing up. Just mind your business. But nowadays we don't do that. We're all in each other's shit. And because they got nothing else going on in their lives. This you is created, true. Exactly. You've created a society of people that can't, that are helpless. They can't do anything without now the validation of others, even though they think they don't. You give it everyone a participation trophy, even though they haven't won shit, right? Yeah. But the same goes with women. They, you haven't proved anything to me. You haven't proved anything to yourselves. So now you have to get validation of others, but that validation of others isn't even real validation and is stopping them from having a real relationship or having a real life, which... At the end of the day, I mean, it's a personal choice. Like one out, like maybe one out of every twenty women really don't want to have kids. But the but the rest of them, what else are you on this earth to do? Because, like I said, think of can anyone on the top of their head think of any like fucking invention a woman has made that we use on a day to day basis that we use either in war or as life saving equipment? Like fuck comfort. Let's talk about saving lives so people can for like continue on with their lives has anyone done anything of the sort that's a woman like you think on the top of your head not that i'm trying to be sexist i just couldn't think of anything i don't you know i'd, I'd have to google that like yeah there's probably a bunch of like inventors back in the day like in the 1920s and the 30s 
that were like subjugated in silence that may have made something. Um, but I can't think of anything. And I'm not like leave the medical field out of it because that's an equal playing field where they consider knowledge uh, a lot of times more important than actual like physical attributes. But I can't think of anything um, from body armor, tourniquets, um, to even like gurneys and even defibrillators that I can't think of anything that like, you know, was created by, you know, an engineer that was female. And a lot of times, even nowadays, you don't see any female engineers. It's there. It's a male predominant society because they, nature again plays out. They don't give a fuck about that. No, it doesn't interest them. I mean, a lot of these universities too, you'll go oh, to. Speaking of which, um, Hey, I think you can add on our first guest. Oh, wait. He just called me. Let me see. Who the fuck are we? Two people are recording. We are waiting for him. Um, see, we're at about 40 minutes here. What I could do is we can cancel this or end it and redo it. Or... All right, so we'll just do that then. Hey, we covered a lot of ground. We did our intros, and our first fucking official podcast is on, wow, social uh social dynamics uh modern society which we haven't come to a conclusion which i think maybe we should conclude this for the next like two minutes um well i mean this so, is going to be an ongoing topic bro this is not something right there's no there's mean. nothing definitive about this but i will say is this uh a lot of times nowadays especially as men uh you have to realize that there are fewer of us and more of women go find out who you really are live your life have an interesting story and add value because most people nowadays don't know how to do that. They don't know how to add value. They think they do by going, oh, uh, prayers, or oh, I'm sending you positive vibes. It's like, bitch, fucking, like, send me food or something. <laughs> like, seriously, what the fucking positive vibes are supposed to do? When the hell does a vibe ever send anybody? <laughs> like, when does it ever send anyone? What the fuck is a vibe? Well, you mean. Do you think a vibe is going to stop, like, a fucking, like, you know, one of the fucking Paris terrorists? Like, from shooting up the fucking theater and then going off on their carnal desires on people. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to send vibes so I can stop Muhammad from cutting my head off oh, and raping rape my best friend with my severed head. Like, you, you, uh, you, you, you just open up a whole new box of worms for another podcast. We, we got to end this now. All right. Episode all right, number all right. two. We'll start, all right, we'll do that. We'll do that. But anyways, long story short, fucking, this is Lizzie Tango Alpha signing off. Delta, is good talking to you. All right. Fucking, hey. Um, again, add value, add value, add value. We'll talk to you guys later. Later. All right. Liberal. We're here. Oh, yeah, we're here. Oh, we're all here now. Sweet. Wow. Well, look at this. It's a party. All the the devils are here. (laughs) All right. Uh, Liberal whiskey in the building. Yeah, Whiskey Tango is here. What's up, guys? This is uh, Delta, a.k.a. The Roach. And we got a mutual friend of ours, Van Boy here. What's up, dog? Says he's online. He's connected. He's connected? I didn't hear shit. I don't hear anything either. He's connected, though. Yo! Say something! Does he have his mic on? Might be. Yeah, three people in recording. That's what I show. Well, he's probably hearing this, but he probably can't communicate. Oh, we're going to wait for him to speak on it, or we want to restart this? No, let's restart this then. All right, restarting.